Hello, friends, and welcome to the Blue Room. Today, a very special episode for me. We conclude our first season of the podcast with a preview of my upcoming book, Hope, a User's Manual. I am excited to share an excerpt from the book with you today. This is from the introduction, and it sets up where the book is headed and, I suppose, attempts to make a case for itself. Uh, Let's get right to it. A few years ago, I was coaching a pastor who served a small congregation. Aaron, not his real name, had labored long and well to lead this tiny band of scrappy, social justice-oriented folks in a medium-sized town in the Bible Belt. When he began his time there, he felt energized and full of can-do hopefulness that the church would thrive under his leadership. Over the subsequent years, he saw evangelical churches flourish all around him, while his small flock continued to do its thing, faithfully, but without much glitz or fanfare, and without much growth either. In fact, like many aging congregations, their numbers declined year by year, the financial coffers were depleted, and Aaron grew increasingly exhausted. Over time, his sense of hope eroded, and he felt stuck. The conversation turned to that quote from Mother Teresa, popular in ministry circles, that were called not necessarily to be successful, but to be faithful. Aaron said something like, I remember learning that in seminary and have seen it referenced many times since. But there's an unspoken part of the quote, which is that if you're faithful, you will be successful. You can't be in it for the success, however you define it, but it will come if you do it right. It's like we're all captive to this unspoken equation. So long as you have enough hope and do your best, things will work out. And it's a lie. It's just a lie. Yes, it is. It's a lie that's rampant in American Christianity, indeed in American culture. We can do anything if we put our minds to it. If you believe hard enough, things will work out just as you hope. Input ABC, output XYZ. Reality is much more complicated. We can do everything right, and things still may not turn out as we'd like. Aaron named a harsh truth. Many of us grind it out, clinging to the myth of inexorable progress and calling that hope, but it's anything but. That kind of hope falls short when things are bleak, which is when we need hope the most. How do we cultivate hope to face each day, even when our efforts don't bear fruit? How do people like Aaron and the community he serves find the energy to persevere, knowing that their efforts may not end in triumph, but in a slow decline into an eventual closure? For that matter, how do we pursue the work of justice, knowing that the task is too big for any of us? This book is an attempt to address these questions and to write myself back into a sense of hope. It's been a tumultuous few years for myself, my family, and the world. 
Though this is not a pandemic book, you will see COVID-19's hulking presence from time to time, as well as the looming specter of climate change and the urgent work of confronting racial and economic injustice. Also braided throughout these pages is our family's experience walking with our daughter through a debilitating depression that extended over a couple of years of high school. Where possible, I try to keep the focus on my experience. My daughter's story is not mine to tell. Even when I may overshoot that boundary, be assured that Caroline has read every word and given approval to the words that appear here. In writing this book, I found hope hiding in the nooks and crannies of my kids' depression journey. But as you'll discover, it's also lurking in tattooed wisdom from a beloved children's book and in Marvel movies, on the running trail and in a sweater full of holes. Notably, hope is present in the experience of marginalized communities and among people of color who have found their way into a hope that's quite different from the one I've coasted on for most of my life as a white woman of relative privilege. And hope is present for me in the faith I claim as a pastor in the Christian tradition, a tradition I cannot quit, but with which I have a perpetual lover's quarrel. This book is for religious folk who, like me, are weary of pat answers and scripty font platitudes about hope. It's for seekers who've left the church and for those who've never entered but are curious and open to constructing a spiritual life that matters. It's for anyone who's ready for a hope that's scrappy and durable and who may find inspiration in sacred texts but also find it readily in pop culture, literature, and art. It's for people who are dizzy from the Apostle Paul's rigid merry-go-round of suffering, producing, endurance, producing, character, producing, hope, Romans 5, and for those who'd never ever buy a ticket for that ride. Too often, hope is the stuff of Instagram memes, pithy enough to fit in a perfect square, rendered in elegant sans-serif type. But true hope resists such reductions. This is a user's manual in the sense that you're meant to do something with what you read, but you will find no step-by-step instructions here. I've organized the book into six sections. Section one, what hope is not, will knock down some of the most common misconceptions about hope. Section two, What Hope Is offers a few ways of thinking about hope to replace what we've dismantled. Section 3, Hope Lives in the Body, explores the messiness of our imperfect, flawed, beautiful human bodies and argues that when we care for ourselves, we allow hope to thrive. Section 4, Hope Travels in Story, delves into the idea that hope is not a process, or a set of goals, but a narrative in which we live and move. Section 5, The Practice of Hope, offers some tangible ways to cultivate hope even in hopeless times. It's the most tactical part of the book, though even there you won't find procedures and checklists so much as experiments. 
and Section 6, Hope Beyond Hope, offers thoughts about how we persevere both when we're feeling hopeful and when we're not. You've probably seen the line emblazoned on posters and paperweights, What would you do if you knew you could not fail? When the world's on fire, a better question may be, what is worth doing even if you think you will fail? Once we can answer that question, we'll be in touch with a hope that cannot fail us. Let us begin. Thank you for the chance to share just a taste of Hope, a user's manual with you. You can pre-order it anywhere you order books. Pre-orders really help build buzz, and they also juice those all-important algorithms. This is our final episode of the season, but we'll be dropping some goodies this summer, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Marianne McKibben-Dana, speaking to you from Reston, Virginia, the ancestral land of the Manahoac people. This podcast was produced and edited by Caroline Dana. Thank you, as always, for listening. Steady on. Steady on.